Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, and today is episode 56. Yes, we are on episode 56. And we are talking about the welding profession. And I've got a great episode for you today. You are going to hear from a welder who works in the movie industry. Yes, there are welders that work in the movie industry. My today's guest, she's a welder in the movie union. She grew up in Ackworth, Kennesaw area, which is a suburb of Atlanta in Georgia. She went to Kennesaw Mountain High School, where she first started welding with her ex-boyfriend, who is a mechanist, and decided to move in that direction. So she was fortunate enough to get onto the movie union through a friend who was in the Teamsters. And so again, very important to have networks and good relationships. She likes, during her free time, she likes working on improving her house, drawing, playing music, and playing with her son, who is three years old. Please welcome Cassandra Wilson to the Skill Stadium podcast. Cassandra, how are you this afternoon? Great. Happy to be off. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So how was work today? I know you were hustling back home. Great day today or uh you know, it uh it was pretty easy in the morning, even though but I've been up since like three o'clock. Uh, but it was pretty easy in the morning and then it's like, you know, of course when it gets closer to like time to finish, that's yep. when things get rushed and like put on top of you. That's how it always goes. Always works like that. Excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. Cassandra, we actually connected through um, Ryan Blythe. He's the owner of Georgia Trade School. Mm -hmm. uh, so he had actually connected us and uh, we had a good time doing a day in the life interview. And now we have this opportunity to do the podcast. Talk to me about, you know, what kind of child you were growing up and how it shaped you into the woman that you are today. I was an odd one. <laughs> sure. Aren't we all? <laughs> I was definitely um, not very popular by any means, but like always into like, I guess like more like, like, like Renaissance stuff or like, I like playing in the woods more than playing with dolls and always been a tomboy. Cause all I right. had brothers and then boy cousins. So I, I didn't really have a lot of girls to play with. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You know, you just have to be you. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah and, works for me. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, it's cool that I find that women who grew up as tomboys, they're easy to get along with, like with fellas. Mm -hmm. You're just going to relate to fellas. Probably makes for good relationships too, <laughs> you know, for the person that you're dating or you're involved with. Right. So, <laughs> yes. So that's pretty cool. So tell me, when did you know you wanted to become a welder? Uh, yeah, with my ex that was the machinist, like, well, I wanted to dabble. I was I was doing the piercing industry for a while, and I mean, there was like no money in it. And I just, you know, the people that come in there, not all of them, you, you get some great clients too, but I just started getting burnt out on like the service industry. And I was like, what's like something I could do? I didn't really know what I wanted to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then I just like went to work with him one day and then we were looking up like blacksmithing stuff too because uh, uh, we, we thought it looked cool. And between that and I really took a liking to the blacksmithing and then uh, welding with him, um, 
because yeah, he was a machinist. So you like take me up there on the weekends and we would just make, and oh my gosh, the welds I did and like the, the fire pit, I remember how I made it. It looked awful. And, but now I know how to do the stuff. <laughs> Can you tell us the difference with blacksmithing and machinist for people who don't know? Uh, yeah, machining, machining is, both of them are, are dying trades and dying arts. Machining, I guess like the best way, the best example I could give is like, you know, like if you were to go and buy like bushings or something like for a motorcycle. Yes. Well, they're the ones that make them and they have like this uh, metal lathe. It's really cool. And oh man, you have to be really precise with your math too. Okay. And they're able to like uh, on that lathe and it spins, you know, and then they do like all those little like grooves and stuff and, and just a solid block of metal just like shaves it down. It's really cool watching it. Okay. So your coordination in terms of that type of skill set has to be really sharp is what I would imagine. Because you've got to be really detailed if you're building that. Am I, am I saying that? Am I right in oh, saying yeah. that? Like, um, especially like with, they have these things like micrometers that they use. Like you have to get like everything down to like the point zero something like of the size. It's, it's insane. Thus the strong, thus being strong at math. Yeah. And it's amazing. A lot of people don't realize that. I think people have stereotypes maybe of the skill trades or of certain professions. And most people wouldn't think about math. Just the average person, right? Like if they've yeah. never done, you know, but there is a lot of math. I mean, if, if you're off on what you're building, mm -hmm. that's going to go into a, a vehicle or, or like you said, a motorcycle. Yeah. That could be, that could be a problem, <laughs> you know? So, precise. Now, why is why do you think it's dying? I'm just kind of curious because you mentioned that those are two skill sets that are dying. Like, well, they're not they're not really mentioned. And then, yeah, with blacksmithing, that's like you know, like how people will like make knives. Yes, yes um, it's like hammering, you know, like metal out to make certain things. Or um, if you ever go to like the botanical gardens, yes. um, one of like the top blacksmiths uh, in a, in the U.S. I think for sure. Uh, what's his name? Andrew, Andrew Crawford. Mm -hmm. And I met him before and he's super humble and he made like all these like ornate, like flowers and stuff out of metal mm -hmm. um, and did like the gates for the botanical gardens and blacksmithing has been around like, um, like from the beginning of time almost. Um, cool. But they're not pushed. Like people aren't aware that those are, are jobs you could have. Sure. You know, so, so it's good to introduce it. It's self-awareness, right? Because like I said, I, I never even thought about those as professions. That's why I, I was like digging a little deeper. Yeah, you know, I never did either until then. Yeah. It really blew my mind with all this stuff. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, when you were, you've been in the profession now a few years, did you have a mentor or someone who had an impact on you when you first got started? You mentioned your ex-boyfriend introduced you, but as you started mm -hmm. moving along, were, were there somebody that mentored you? as a welder when I was like in my first jobs like um like doing handrail and stuff like that was just so like assembly line sure I didn't have to really know that much about fabrication I just had to know about building like pretty much the same old handrail all the time mm -hmm. um and when I got into the movie industry like it was embarrassing how much I didn't know and I thought I knew right mm -hmm. yep um but luckily the two foremen that like I've worked I got it like a general foreman Dale Jante, and then my welding foreman, John Navarro. I, like, I've stuck with them pretty much the whole time since I've been in the union. Okay. And he, like, I didn't have, like, any other tools 
when I got to my first job because mm-hmm. I didn't know like I would I would need them. Sure. And he's like, hey, like you're supposed to. Del Jante was like, hey, like you're supposed to like bring tools. Um, I'm gonna let you get a couple paychecks. And he's like, I'm gonna make you a list of like basic things to get. You know, work on on like how to use them and stuff. But did they not tell you that? Like, wow, that's kind of a, a shock, though. Did you not? Did they? Did they something where they didn't tell you when you were in training or when they hired you? Well, they don't do training. Like the way it works is. Um, you get like references. You'll have like somebody like sign for you to get you in. Sure. And um, so they've never met me before. Oh, okay. I don't remember anything. So that was like, yeah, like my first welding gig with them. Wow. And That's amazing. I think amazing. anybody else, they probably would have been like as, cause I didn't know how to do like, yeah, like just like basic fabrication stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause no one ever taught me before. Sure. Sure. But instead of like letting me go, I mean like, well, she's not, She's not worth keeping around. They seen I had the drive. They seen I had the work ethic. And then, yeah, I'm like way better. Like I find myself worthy of being there now. Yeah. I'll tell you this. If you have the work ethic, people will give you a chance. They'll give you an opportunity because you can teach the welding. It's a lot harder to teach the work ethic. Yeah. I mean, you either have that or you don't. And you probably had, had a good attitude, you know, from everything I've seen with you, you are very personable and so easy to get along with. Yeah, that tomboy thing probably didn't hurt you either, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that probably worked to your advantage. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just people. People are people. People get along with people, and if you know, if if you if you get along with folks, then it, it's a lot easier for them to work with you. So, yeah. I think that that definitely worked in your favor. You know, well, I make I make their day easier because I don't like I always have like a pretty good attitude about things too. Like it's very rare that I ever get mad at my projects. Like even my boss told me that he's like, I think like you're the only one that's like really reliable that, and you never really seem to be in a bad mood and let this stuff get to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's important. That's important. I mean, you, I mean, work days can be challenging, you know, I, I, I would imagine. I'm curious though, working on a movie sets, do you ever see any famous actors or actresses like, or, or you guys kind of, how does that work? Yeah, I've seen The Rock. Oh, cool. Um, Jason Statham like came up and talked to me. Nice. Um, let's see. Oh, there I seen him, but I didn't talk to him. Um, the actor in because he's on the show that I'm on now. He was in Princess Bride. Okay. The main guy in Princess Bride and that Robin Robin Hood Men in Tights. I'm not sure who they are, but I, I I'm drawing a blank on that. I do know The Rock, and I knew I know Jason Statham, so. Uh, rocks I, I would imagine rocks rocks are as really a big a dude as we see on screen yep and jason statham is not he's not <laughs> no wow i would have thought he was, he was... taller than me and i was like wow because <laughs> wow he's not movie. wow wow so there's some pretty cool perks to working on a movie set right he, he was doing his stunts i've seen him and he really does do his stunts he does his actual stunts yeah Oh, that's bad. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. I love that. I love that. Let me ask you something now. Can you share the process? So somebody wants to become a welder, what is the process? I know there are different paths that you can take. And and what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that people are going to find as they're just getting started in welding? So just kind of give us how they get qualified and become welders. The hardest thing is really getting your your foot in the door. Sure. Because people want experience. Yes. 
So yeah, like learning how to weld, you know, like whether you go about the route of, of apprenticing for it or, you know, getting hours, like learning how to weld, but yeah, definitely look up basic, basic fabrication because that's something that could have been me. And I just got really lucky that it didn't. Sure. But yeah, like even, even like with carpentry, even like uh, watching like carpentry, people like putting, building their own uh, shelves and stuff like that, just pay attention to like all the tools they're using. Uh, and, and what kind of jigs they're making jigs are like what they set the metal in, you know, as you put it together, because you know, you apply that heat, it's going to become out of square and it's going to be all wonky. And they see these videos on like, just say about any YouTube channel or YouTube. Yeah. See, that's the amazing thing. And that's real world experience. I would imagine like that's, I guess it would be pretty accurate because you work in the industry. So you would know if it's, if what they're doing is right on the video or if it's off. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's amazing. Like watching, well, like, yeah, in my industry, it's like anything you watch on YouTube, you could be making in my industry, you know, but it's definitely like thinking outside the box or like different ways of getting things done. Like, let's say if you're to like bending metal and I made, I made this um, firewood stand for myself, but like, you know, like, like seeing how to go about like bending metal and what kind of techniques, because there's plenty of different techniques out there, you know, sure. and you can see which one kind of suits you more. Excellent. Excellent. That makes sense. So tell me, what are the character traits of people who are successful? And I'm also curious, how do you measure success? Like, how do you know somebody's a good welder? Is like, how are you judged? Is it strictly on how you've done the work? Is it, I guess where I'm trying to say is, how do they determine like this person has been successful and they're going to move up or this person's not as strong? You know what I mean by that? Like, so how do we determine who are the best welders? Who are the people who are rock stars in the industry versus mm-hmm. somebody who's good and somebody's below average? Well, I mean, I guess like the the rock star, what a lot of people would consider the rock star, like in our industry would be like someone like, like a Jesse James, I believe his name is. Sure. Because he's he's amazing at like um, at welding itself, you know, and, sure. and they're really good, beautiful looking welds, you know, quality welds on top of his fabrication skills that he has and like how smart he is on how he like puts all this stuff together. I guess. Yeah. You just, you have to be driven and you know. what about the person who's just who's working? Like, so in your industry, so obviously Jesse James is famous, you know, mm-hmm. but let's say for somebody like yourself or somebody who's been doing it for a couple of years, how do they distinguish like like this person is really good versus this person probably needs some improvement? Is it just the quality of the weld? Is it like, are you judged? Like, you know, do you have reviews every year on how you've been performing and your manager will say, hey, you've done a great job. You've done an all right job. I'm kind of curious how, because if people go into a job where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. it's people want to know that they're doing a good job. And yeah. how are they going to be judged? How is somebody going to say, okay, you've done a great job you need improvement, you're doing a horrible job. You know, obviously I'm going to the other extreme, but like how are people judged in terms of, because I think that's important. If I'm going into a job, I want to do a good job, but I want to know, you know, how I'm going to be judged. How are people going to say, evaluate me? Uh, You know, we were kind of talking about it like not too long ago. Uh, Again, for some reason, the crew that that I'm typically with, like we're all like philosophical people and like always have these in-depth conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. but we don't really like, like judge each other, like harshly on our, on our welds, you know, and 
with the fabrication and the welding, like it's all in staying in practice, you know, like, like when we're out for a while, you know, like when COVID happened, you know, like, so what were you doing, you know, like to kind of like stay in practice mentally or whatever with it. But really like we realize we don't say anybody's like not doing a good job. We just, we all have different qualities. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our strengths. We're aware of each other's and we're not, we don't make each other feel like put each other down. If like one of us messes up, our saying is it's not messed up if you can fix it. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's just who I, I work with. It might be different with other people, but most people that I've come across, like even not working with the crew that I'm usually with, Mm -hmm. I'm, I've never met anybody that was very like callous and like harsh or anything when it came to like somebody, so long as your work ethic is there, like you're easy to get along with, you have good work ethic. That's really the main thing. Yes. And and nothing breaks that you make. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's important. (laughs) That makes sense. So I would just imagine you've got to just make sure you're working hard. You're paying attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of assumed that since everybody is trained, the expectation is people are coming in, they're going to be able to do the job just based on the fact that they've been properly trained, I guess. Well, maybe that's why we're not too harsh on it, because we're always doing something different that none of us have ever done before. Sure. So that might have something to do with the way that we think and how we are towards each other. Sure. So everybody has like a different task. So mm-hmm. what you're working on is not identical to what they're what your coworker is working on and what that coworker is working on. Yeah. We all got random different projects that we're doing all the time. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. And that's kind of cool. So you're not always doing the same thing. You're mixing it up. You're doing different things. Mm-hmm. So that helps you to kind of hone your skills. So I would imagine that you have to be somebody who's flexible and who can adjust to the changes that are going on. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Um, but we say, because we're not in like a legit set up metal shop, you know, because we go show to show. Okay. So it's like just enough stuff. Oh, to kind yeah, of, yeah, pack yeah. it all up when we're done and haul it to the next show if, if we got one lined up right after. So a lot of the stuff that we make, it, it blows my mind because we don't even have like the proper tools to do it. So we tell each other all the time, like, man. Could you imagine if we worked in a real metal shop with like the real proper tools, like how good we'd be at this stuff? Yeah. So, and, so it is fun. It's challenging. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so your work is so unique because it's it's literally a movie set that you guys are, are working on. Yeah. So it's always going to be something different and interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I imagine it just keeps the work even more interesting because it's not the same monotony of doing the same thing day in, day out. Yeah, it's like every once in a while we'll get those projects that we're just like, ah, I can't wait to be done with this. You know, I'm tired yeah. of looking at it. But for the most part, yeah, we enjoy the challenges. Yeah, because it, it, it's like, God, like if I can do this, like then what else can I do? You know? Definitely, definitely. So, you know, not a lot of women in welding. Talk to me about what advice would you give for women who are new to welding? I think there's like a stigma out there that that men are like male chauvinists and that scares women out of it. Mm-hmm. But not not all men are like male chauvinists. You know, I mean, you might have like one out there here and there. I mean, it's you're not going to like everybody that you work with. But sure. I think sometimes the stigma with how men treat women mm-hmm. scares scares women from from putting themselves out there sure. going into the job and because it's not common that's even scarier you know like you fear the unknowing yes the unknown. i agree yes but it's if anything you get treated better 
than men. Wow, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So we're 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 uh, breaking down some stereotypes here. Basically, things have gotten a little bit more progressive, and like you said, you know, sometimes women are treated better. Just maybe there's there's a scarcity of women, obviously. Yeah. So, and I mean, it comes to like you will only be treated how people let you treat you, and yes. how you carry yourself. Now, yes. if you're going to work, because like we have some girls that that act that way. I've seen it happen to where the guys didn't do anything wrong. And there's like girls that like will go and like hug up on them and stuff all the time. And then they're like afraid to be around them because, you know, like with everything that's going on these days, sure. you know, they're like, I don't want to get like reported for anything. Please don't touch me. Yeah. And then, and then one of the girls that I'm talking about that did that went and filed an HR report on what, oh, on one no. of the guys that I worked with and he didn't do anything wrong. Wow. And even though she would just go and like grow up, like if you go and do that, well, then there's going to be a guy in the bunch that's going to take that the wrong way. Like keep your hands Absolutely. to yourself and yeah. don't go wearing yoga pants to work yep. yeah. you know, or short shorts, you know, like if you want yeah. to be taken seriously, then dress like the rest of the dudes. Yeah. But no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, you know, you, you, you have to carry yourself a certain way and, the way you carry yourself and behave is is a reflection of how people will probably treat you. So, you know, yeah, you gotta watch your P's and Q's. <laughs> exactly. Definitely, definitely. Common sense. So, you know, I see that you're part of Local 479. Can you share why new, new welders might want to consider joining a union versus non-union or just? With the union, uh, what, what I like about it, I mean, even though it can be a headache at times, like, you know, honestly, it, it is stressful doing these hours sometimes, especially when you have to do like night shift when they're filming sure. and the hours can get chaotic. Like I've worked and other guys have worked longer than me. Like I worked 21 days straight on fast eight. Oh, wow. That was awful. But, you know, like I was single and like didn't have a kid then. So I was able to do it. I would sure. say if if you don't have a kid and you're single like definitely get into it and just rack up all that money while you can yes because we got like annuity uh we got we got insurance and it's plenty of money to also do like your your own savings account you know um mm -hmm. and just consistent enough like i wouldn't have this house if i hadn't gotten that job sure because where i was working before that was only like maybe like 13 dollars an hour oh wow and then i worked somewhere that's like double double that over double that yeah yep. i was like i yep. don't even know what to do with all this money and of course i didn't like spend it the right way when i first got it but well you learn you know like yeah. you know you uh that's probably really important I, I would say financial management which i'm sure i'm sure you know that so you know but you live and you learn right like yeah. it's better to make if if you're gonna slip up it's better to slip up when you're younger that's what me and my buddy were saying, because, um, you know, we, we were on lunch break. We went to lunch together, and we were working with some guys from L.A. Yes. And L.A., like, I guess, like, that was, like, the first first union or whatever. Yes. So they had it set up, like, if, if you're in the L.A. union, you can travel overseas. Like, you can go, oh, work, wow. like, in the U.K. and do stuff oh, there. Awesome. And, um, and you don't have to worry about getting signed in. You can just, like, transfer over there and take a job over there, and then you get, like, per diem. So a lot of the LA guys. What about transportation? Do they cover like flights for the uh, people who are working over there, or is the pay good enough that because you know obviously oh, you got to pay to get over there and you got to pay for stay. Yeah, and what they'll do is like several of them, like maybe like rent a house out or something like that, and then get like all that per diem money. 
Um, okay. And they rack up. And we were like, man, like, could you imagine, like, if we were, like, 18, like, yeah, like, before, like, we had kids and all this stuff and, like, saving all that money. And then I looked at him, I was like, you know, we wouldn't save no money at 18. And, like, he no, you'd be going to It's possible. hard. <laughs> Definitely. Nah, you'd be running through it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that we have a skills gap and, you know, I think the challenge is a lot of parents and educators just, they don't see the value of the skill traits. How do we close that skill gap and get more people into skill traits? The pay is good. Yeah. You know, so how do we let more young people and students know that this is a great career path for them to take? Well, I think it's good that you're doing stuff like this and introducing it because, and what parents need to understand too, and and like guidance, guidance counselors, I guess, is yes. be at school um, yes. that college it it isn't for everyone. And just like there's like what, like three different ways to learn three or four different ways to learn. Like either you're like a, a listener or a visual. And then there's one other one, I think, like like by hands on yep. that you learn. So yep. if we can't all like learn the same, like then what what makes you think we all have to go in the same direction? Makes sense. Makes sense. You know? Yeah. And with opportunity, like, yeah, like you introducing this stuff to like younger kids. Like if, if I would have known that, then maybe I would have gotten started in this a while ago and, and had like more skill under my belt. Sure. You know, or been in a different position if I had more, more uh, experience with it. Sure. Sure. But you know what? I think they, I think you appreciate it more because of what you went through, you know, prior to getting here. You know, so there's there's a new there's definitely an appreciation. And like you said, if you'd gotten that money at 18, you've been running through it. (laughs) I would have been traveling everywhere. Yeah, everything that has happened has happened the way it's supposed to. You are where you're supposed to be. So, you know, you know, and I I, I always feel one thing. You can't change the past. So you just got to roll with with where you are. But you got to think about like the butterfly effect and stuff, too, like how like just maybe you decided to wear like pink socks instead of blue socks to work or something like how that could have changed like your whole day. And it could have like changed your whole life. Like, have you ever heard of theory? Definitely. Definitely. I am happy where I'm at now. And yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. There you go. There you go. So um, you're on social media. Um, How have you used social media as a tool to promote your skills, your network? Do you have a social media platform that you prefer? I only have Instagram. Oh, and LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm bad at, at keeping up with that one. I don't really post or anything on there. But Instagram is usually what I what I use and I was like trying to set up my own thing. I wanted to do more art, castaway creations and fabrication. And I put a few things on there, but work in the union shows, it's uh it's grabbed hold of me. Definitely. I know I get time. it. <laughs> I I'll, I'll tell you something. Instagram is a great tool if you're going to show art. That's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's great for that. I mean, you could do videos and pictures and there's, there's, there's also, as I'm sure you're aware, there's a strong community of welders and, and women welders on Instagram for that matter. Yeah. Um, so um, you're in the right place <laughs> and don't underestimate LinkedIn. LinkedIn is really good too. There's a lot of organic growth on LinkedIn. So yeah. you do some great networking there. Um, yeah, for like to do like since I got like my EMT uh, to be like medic because I was hoping to get pregnant again. But, you know, if you plan it, it's not going to happen. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I like I've used it for like a couple shows, like been a medic on a couple shows, but like I tried getting on LinkedIn to do that. Sure, definitely, definitely. And, and your son is three, so having another kid now is not is not bad. You're 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 in that mode. But again, uh, Cassandra, let me ask you this last question. Hey, you know what? It happens. It's it, it's life, you know, and it's better that it happened towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> so please share one lesson that that you have learned in life that you think can help somebody who's just getting started in your profession? I guess try learning every technique that you can because you're probably going to eventually end up using it. And never be afraid to like ask questions. Look for a mentor. Like If you don't have a mentor, like kind of look for one. I think... Cause like I was timid, I didn't really ask like too many questions or like I was afraid like I would like bother people or annoy them too much asking questions or look dumb, but yeah, ask as many questions as you can. I think that would be it. Excellent. Well, Cassandra, thank you so much for being on the Skill Stadium podcast. Wish you continued success in your career and uh, please definitely keep in touch and you have yourself a wonderful evening. You as well. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.